Happy Valentine's Day. And deepest apologies for this being a late Sunday night edition of Central Region Now, but I, I had a little visitor come to the house. I, I, how could I say no to my nine-day-old grandson? So we just finished hanging out for a bit. Now we're ready to talk hoops and much more. How are you, fans? Rob with them along with you. It is uh, nice to have you here on this edition of Central Region Now. Hard to believe we are in the middle of February as we get ready for the uh, new era of basketball playoffs. Hope you've had a chance to go over to rvasportsnetwork.com, get a look at how the new formats are. No more conferences, so no more conference tournaments. Here in Metro Richmond, none of the districts are doing district tournaments. They could if they wanted to, but... There's nothing to it more than bragging rights, so it's easier, and I think better for the teams just to go to the regular season and and, uh, then get ready for the real, you know, postseason and have hopefully a couple of days to, to, you know, rest and get ready and practice and whatnot before we get started most of the regions on Friday. Uh, We'll talk more about that coming up in just a little bit. But, you know, there's some areas a little bit west of here. I think Jefferson District, they do a little mini tournament, um, and, and that's all fine and good if you want to do that. Um, but here in Richmond, a lot of the problem is is that we have districts that have so many teams that are in so many different um, classifications. You look at the Central, you've got six, five, four, and three all together in one pairing. You know, Colonial District's got fives and threes and a two. Um, so it, it, it doesn't give you any benefit. Uh, better to, to try to take those 22 games in your schedule and try to schedule as, as best you can maybe as, as, as tough of opponents as possible because depending upon the region and how your uh, point system, your rating point system goes, you, you get more points if you beat a team in a higher classification. Uh, you get two points for every time a team you beat wins. Uh, so if you, be, you know, beat a lot of teams that win 10, 12, 14 games, then, you know, all the better. So, again, when you're looking, uh, it's not going to be final records that matter when it comes to seeding for the region tournaments coming up. It's going to be power rankings based on the rating s- scale that is um, agreed upon by the region. You know, Virginia High School League has a set scale for football that is used across the Commonwealth, and you can see it on their website. But when it comes to basketball, baseball, softball, soccer, um, they allow regions autonomy to do what they want and create their own system. Region 5B has a, has a system. Uh, I think it's 32 points for a win against a fellow Class 5 school and more for six and less for others and two two points apiece for each uh, time you beat a team that and, and they get a win, then you get two bonus points, that sort of thing. So going into the final week of the regular season you know even though they were 12 and 7 the strength of schedule for Meadowbrook put them at the at that particular point in the 3 hole in 5B ahead of teams like Mills Godwin Douglas Freeman now that's kind of shaken out a bit because of our first our game of the week back on Thursday night what a great game it was Mills Godwin edging Meadowbrook 49-47 and then the next night, Godwin to Freeman, had the lead. Freeman forced overtime, and the Rebels got the win. So once this all shakes out, we look ahead to Friday's quarterfinal. It's possible because the margin of difference between the three seed and the five seed was pretty razor thin going into Thursday night of last week. Uh, you know, it could, we could see Freeman at three, Godwin at four, Meadowbrook at five, or maybe we'd see Freeman, Meadowbrook, Godwin, because uh, Meadowbrook still has to play L.C. Bird. And if they could pull off that win, 
uh, which Verina is is hoping that that be the case. Don't know if Verina is going to be able to catch L.C. Bird for that one seed or not, but certainly it would help their case if if that happened. But Meadowbrook gets a win over a team like L.C. Bird and all the bonus points that comes with that, and they could plop right back into that three. So right now, the teams that we we see that are going to be in, we know Bird, Verina, Meadowbrook, Godwin, Freeman pretty much can punch their uh, their tickets into the tournament in in Region 5B. Those those are pretty solid. Um, bringing up the standings right now while we're while we are talking, getting my PDF file up. There we go. Uh, you know, Prince George and, and and Henrico were razor thin in the in the six and seven position. Prince George over Henrico. Um, and now it'll be a matter of just how the final games shake out. Highland Springs was eight. You know they lost to Atley. Um, it's it's been a really tough go for them, and you know right behind them was Matoica, and they could have gotten a win Friday night against Hopewell. Maybe they go into the eight spot, uh, but they fell. Glen Allen had an outside shot, but when they lost to Hanover on Thursday night, that that just about ended any hopes for the Jags. And then um, Atley is done at eleven and eleven. They're going to be just shy of the postseason. And again, records aren't as important as strength of schedule is. Um, deep run Tucker Hermitage Lee Davis um, you know right now in the rating scale uh, as of last Wednesday Hermitage was ahead of Lee Davis even though Hermitage only had two wins and Lee Davis had five but it's strength of schedule it's who you play and Hermitage had a tougher schedule over in the girls in region 5b uh, interestingly enough Verina and Meadowbrook right on Highland Springs's heels Highland Springs 1, Verina 2, Meadowbrook 3, even though Highland Springs has swept Verina in the regular season. Bird 4, Godwin just behind them in 5, less than a tenth of a point away. Matoica 6, again, strength of schedule, even though they have a much better record than, say, Godwin and L.C. Bird. Matoica's strength of schedule is weaker. Deep run 7, Glen Allen 8. Hermitage was 10 and 8 when this the latest rankings came out and then they won Wednesday night against Patrick Henry and they also beat Thomas Jefferson. So they're at 12 and 8, but the problem is are those wins enough? Thomas Jefferson's under 500, Patrick Henry has either 5 or 6 wins. You know, can that can can it can it shrink that 2 point deficit between the 9 hole and the 8 hole where Glen Allen is? Don't know if there's time enough left in the season for that to happen. So regular season ends officially Wednesday. Most of the games that are happening this week, fans, are makeup games from snow cancellations or postponements from earlier in the year, some from December, some from early January. A lot of teams had scheduled to have their regular season done on Friday and have this week to focus on practicing and getting ready for the region tournament. But we've got a lot of games that are being made good. Uh, Monday night, for example, will be at Deep Run for doubleheader action. Hanover at Deep Run. Have Twitter updates on Hanover Sports and Henrico Sports. And the big reason for being there for that one really is more the girls game than the boys. Uh, since the Deep Run boys will not qualify for the postseason, the Hanover boys will, but they're currently in last place in Region 4B where they have everybody go in. In 5B, only the top eight out of 15 get in the postseason. In 4B, all 13 teams get in, and the 12 and 13 seeds will play a play-in game on Friday. Winner will get to the first round, which is a week from Monday, February 19th. But Hanover's girls are fighting to try to get a top-four seed and therefore by all the way to the quarterfinals in 4B. Uh, you know, on the other side, here's Deep Run. Deep Run girls, you know, they're they're at seven right now. They'd like to try to move up to six if at all possible. 
They're less than a point behind Matoica as of Wednesday, so don't know if they'll have time left enough to do that or not. But what everybody's trying to do right now is avoid the eight seed because if Highland Springs ends up the one, that's who you don't want to face in the quarterfinal. That would be obviously the toughest matchup, and that's not a slight on Verina or Meadowbrook. Uh, but Highland Springs has shown head-to-head um, that right now they are deservedly the top seed in girls' basketball there in Region 5B. So while we're talking all about it, let's give you the schedules. In 6B, Chesterfield County, Cosby, Thomasdale, James River, Clover Hill, Manchester. Your tournaments start Monday the 19th, and you have eight teams in the region, so it's very easily set out. Quarterfinals Monday, semifinals Wednesday, championships Friday. Everything's at higher seeds. So uh, uh, Franklin County may have to come into Richmond to play, or somebody may have to go up to Colonial Forge in Stafford County and play, uh, just depending upon how the seedings come out. So that's in 6B. 5B, the, the biggest region involving teams here in the Richmond area, 15 high schools, eight make the postseason. They'll start with the quarterfinals this Friday night, and this is how it works out. This is very important for you to understand. There'll be double headers at the top four boys' seeds. So in other words, if Bird, for example, finishes number one and they host the eight seed in a quarterfinal on Friday night, Before that, the one and the eight seeds in the girls' tournament will play at L.C. Bird. So this is disadvantageous to the girls' teams because they fought all year to finish top four, and they're not going to get to play a home game in the first round unless it happens to work out that way. For example, as of last Wednesday night, Verina was both the two seed in the boys' and the girls', and if that holds, they'll get to play both at home. Meadowbrook was three and three and the Meadowbrook girls would get to play at home. But let's say they switched for some reason, and Meadowbrook finished two in girls, and Verina finished third in girls. Uh, Meadowbrook would have to go play at Verina, and Verina would have to go play at Meadowbrook. Unless the region officials decide that just doesn't make any sense, and let's save transportation costs. Then, if that happens, you've got the six and seven seeds going, wait a minute, that's not how we agreed for the system to work. So I don't think that they would do that. I think the biggest situation coming in on Friday and 5B are going to be those 4-5 games, wherever they uh, end up being. They could be at Meadowbrook. They could be at Freeman. They could be at Godwin, but it's likely going to be either at Meadowbrook or at Freeman. And those 4-5 games, like in boys, we could have a rematch of Godwin-Freeman for the second consecutive Friday night. That's very possible. Uh, The Mills-Godwin girls may have to take on L.C. Bird in the first round. That's possible. Or could Matoica overtake Godwin in the very end, and maybe it's Matoica Bird in round one. So we should know by Wednesday night all the seedings, all the brackets, and as we've talked about on uh, our game of the week this past Thursday night and our doubleheader Friday from Atlee, uh, we'll have Region Tournament Central up and live at rvasportsnetwork.com on Thursday, sometime during the day Thursday, as soon as we get all the information compiled from the tournament directors from the various regions. We'll get it all posted. We'll put it up. And then we want you to bookmark that page on our website for the next week and a half because we will continually update it with scores, schedules, ticket prices, the whole nine yards. God forbid cancellation. I'm not cancellations, but postponements due to weather. Things are looking good right now. Don't see anything wintry in the next 7 to 10 days. So hoping that we're going to get through this unscathed. But um, Region Tournament Central, rvasportsnetwork.com, will be the place to be on the web beginning on Thursday. And don't forget, for the last week and a half, the only place where you could get Region Tournament schedules 
has also been at our website, rvasportsnetwork.com. Obviously, no brackets available yet, but you can see the schedules, how the tournaments are going to be meted out per region. Let's get back to that. We were talking about 5B, quarterfinals Friday. Boys semifinals will be Tuesday night, the 20th, down at Meadowbrook. The girls semis will be Wednesday night at J.R. Tucker High School in the West End on Parham Road. And then the girls and boys championships will be a week from Friday, the 23rd, at Meadowbrook. Girls at 5.30 and the boys at 7.30. Region 4B, we mentioned all 13 teams make it into the postseason. They'll have a 12 versus 13 play-in game on Friday night of this week. Then there'll be first-round action the following Monday. The top four seeds get buys to the quarterfinals. You'll have a 12 or 13 versus a 5, 11 versus 6, 10 versus 7, and 8 versus 9. Higher seeds to host. That'll be on Monday. Then the winners of those go to the top four seeds for quarterfinal action on Wednesday. Winners pair up for semifinals a week from Friday. And the Region 4B championship games will be on Monday, February 26. So two weeks from tomorrow as we're recording this and maybe two weeks from today as you are listening. That's in 4B. And then we're getting more information as it comes in with the other regions here in the metro area with 3A, 3B, 2A as well. And again, check it out, rvasportsnetwork.com. So that's the, the really the big thing coming up this week in terms of basketball is just wrapping up the regular season, getting the seedings released, and then seeing where we go from there, who's in, who's out, who goes where as the postseason gets underway. Before we turn the page to the rest of what's happening in high school sports as winter sports begin to draw to a close, we want to release our final top ten polls of the basketball season. And here they are, and we'll start with the girls. You'll remember that we did not get a top ten poll out last week. So these polls, this reflects two weeks of games and two weeks of changes, and they are our final polls of the season. So this is how they'll end. Because at this point, you start breaking people out into their own various regional tournaments, and it's really hard to judge apples to apples and oranges to oranges uh, at that particular point. So here we go. Top 10 girls, a couple of new teams into the final poll, and some teams that have been in the poll previously this season. On a nice win streak, I believe it's 7 of 8, after having a real rough stretch in the middle of the regular season, they've come back and they've done very well. Uh, The Rapids of James River, currently at number 10. That's where they'll finish in our poll this season. Mills Godwin back in the poll at number 9. Matoica has had a fantastic year. Uh, We will see them at their biggest tests as we get into the Region 5B tournament. We mentioned again, you know, a lower seed for them, even though a good record, simply because of strength of schedule. And that's not their fault when you're playing home-and-home against the Central District right now. There are a few teams in the Central District that are down this year in girls' basketball. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's just the way the cards are dealt to some extent when you're still playing those district schedules. So Matoica at eight, Verina stays at seven. They've been pretty steady there most of the year. And so have the other teams since uh, the Times Dispatch Invitational. A couple of changes in the top six, but not many. Monacan is at six, LC Bird at five, Cosby at four. Those two teams split their regular season meetings, but Cosby's win in their place on our game of the week the first time they met up. A much, much more convincing victory. Great work, though, by the Skyhawks to come back the following Tuesday, a couple of weeks back, and earn that win at home. Hopewell at three, Highland Springs at two, and we had a chance to see senior night for number one Trinity Episcopal. And let me, while I have a second, let me give a shout-out to St. Gertrude. They gave Trinity 
everything they wanted and more on senior night. Now, Angel Burgos did not play at senior night last Wednesday night, and obviously you know, Trinity misses her if she's not on the court, one of their top scorers. Um, but St. Gertrude was gritty and tough and, and played a very good game and had a chance down the stretch uh, to, to cut into a small uh, deficit and maybe even pick up the victory. And in the end, Trinity was sealed it at the free throw line and 154 uh, to 49. Trinity, number one in our girls' final poll. Top 10 boys' final poll. We have one team into the poll that hasn't been there all year long, and they make their debut at number nine. More on them in a moment. At number 10, David Ware and the Cavaliers of Caroline, one of two Region 4B teams in our top 10. And the other one at number nine, the Lions of Louisa, who have rolled off an impressive regular season and should be the number one seed in 4B when the tournament gets underway on Friday. Collegiate, a couple of tough losses in the last couple of weeks. One of them, again, to Trinity Episcopal. You get swept by the Titans. There's really no shame in that. Uh, but the Cougars are, are going to make some noise when we get into the postseason. So is St. Christopher's, who dropped out of our poll in the final poll, but they've been in the top ten almost all year long. Collegiate ends at eight. George With a little bit of struggle, but a nice win over Monacan on Friday night. They move down to seven. Coming up after a very impressive last two weeks, remember, if you're thinking to yourself, wow, they weren't in the poll two weeks ago and now they're at six, well, they've had an impressive two weeks, including that gritty comeback overtime win at home on senior night against Mills Godwin in a game that could have cost them a home game in round one in Region 5B. And they are the Rebels of Douglas Freeman. Top five with some shakeup because of what happened at Coaches for the Cure a week ago Saturday night. Hopewell stays at five, L.C. Bird to four. Trinity Episcopal at number three after falling to John Marshall a week ago on Saturday night on the 3rd of February. So Trinity at three. John Marshall moves up from three to two with the victory over Trinity. And our final number one team in our top ten boys poll, they've been sitting at two all year. They haven't lost since that heartbreaker to Trinity uh, at the uh, championship at the Times Dispatch back on December 19th. So we're talking the better part of two months. They have been undefeated. They've been tested. They've been tried. But they they have not lost in calendar year 2018. And they are the Blue Devils of Verina. So our final top ten boys poll, Verina, John Marshall, Trinity Episcopal, L.C. Bird Hopewell, Douglas Freeman, George With, Collegiate, Louisa, Caroline. Girls final top ten, Trinity Episcopal, Highland Springs, Hopewell, Cosby, L.C. Bird, Monacan, Verina, Matoica, Mills Godwin, and James River. Now, fans, our first top 10 polls for baseball and softball will be released one month from today, Sunday, March 11th, on the eve of the start of the regular season, which begins on Monday, March the 12th. So a month from today, top 10 preseason baseball softball polls will be released here on Central Region Now and as well at RVA Sports Network. Our Super 7 polls for soccer and lacrosse will debut in early April uh, once we get a couple of weeks into uh, the regular season. So spring sports are on the way, and we have an opportunity to go ahead and make this official. We have our first confirmation for Game of the Week baseball, and we are really excited. This is going to be, we're trying to make a, a really big splash the first week of the season, the week of March 12th through 16th, and we know that Sometimes we get caught with weather that week. It could be very chilly or we could get some, you know, 
early spring rain, that sort of thing. But we're hoping we're going to have a nice week of weather the week of March 12th. That Friday night, March 16th, and I'm sure these two teams will be in our initial top 10 poll, and one of them may even top the poll. We have James River coming to Hanover, Rapids versus Hawks, and that is our first Game of the Week baseball broadcast announcement. Friday, March 16th, we go live at 7 o'clock Eastern time. First pitch just after 7 James River at Hanover. Really looking forward to that one. We are working on a major softball broadcast for that first week of the season, too. And as soon as we have it confirmed and official, we will let you know about that one as well. So I need to go to the Game of the Week broadcast schedule and update it now at rbasportsnetwork.com because we have our first spring broadcast set and ready to go. And fans, it is not out of the realm of possibility that we may come to you live from the Siegel Center Uh, The weekend of March 8, 9, and 10, depending upon how our Richmond teams do in state basketball tournament play, if we have a team or teams playing for state titles, we may just be able to bring them to you on a special edition of the game of the week. Now let's turn the page and talk a little bit about other winter sports that are going on. Got some big news. Wrestling had a big weekend, and we want to congratulate the Lee Davis Confederates for winning the Region 5B championship on Saturday evening. We were there to watch it all happen. Um, huge victories and championship action. Jonathan Conrad at 145 pounds had a classic matchup against uh, Garrett Chandler of Mills Godwin. Probably one of the best uh, wrestling matches, not just of the night there, but of the, of the season. And uh, a big win for Conrad. And uh, he picked up most outstanding wrestler honors. Uh, Coach Craig Spruill of Lee Davis won most outstanding coach in the region this year. And uh, Lee Davis team champs, congratulations to them. 220 championship won by Robbie Adelstein of um, Atley by fall. When he got the pin, he, he he vaulted his Atley Raider team from third to second over Matoica, and it was an Atley versus Matoica final. So the winner of that match, the last match of the tournament, was going to clinch second place in the team standings, and Robbie did it. Congratulations to him and the Raiders for what was a very impressive performance this weekend. They've had some 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 adversity and some Uh, injury issues and whatnot this year, but they have come together and put some of their best wrestling together here in February when you want it the most. And so uh, they could make a splash come state tournament time. Oscar Smith High School in Chesapeake State Tournament gets going on Friday, continues on Saturday. Uh, Lee Davis is going to be one of the teams trying to win that state title in the team category. They've got several wrestlers coming in as region champions. Uh, Conrad, Fisher Evans, Ned Anthony are going to be trying to get Uh, a state championships as well. Two Atlee wrestlers, Evan Buchanan, we mentioned Robbie Adelstein a moment ago, and some other great wrestling that went on um, on Saturday there, Region 5B, and we were glad to be able to bring you updates across uh, our Twitter network throughout the evening. Congratulations to all the wrestlers who advanced uh, to state tournament play. Congratulations to those who finished well up in 6B, Cosby team runner-up. That went very well for them. A couple of region champions for Thomas Dale. And all of them also head to Oscar Smith, Class 5 and Class 6, all together for their state tournaments on Friday and Saturday. Over in Class 4, some great action there at Powhatan High School over the weekend. Powhatan faring well on their home mat. Uh, Several Hanover Hawks are on their way to the state tournament as well. Good weekend for Louisa Wrestling, too. Dinwiddie had several wrestlers qualify for states and fare very well in Region 4B, and we congratulate all of them. 
Swimming is set for their state championships coming up this weekend. Good showings by a lot of Richmond swimmers at the regionals. Uh, Region 5B and 4B both took place on Friday over at Swim RVA. Uh, Congratulations to the Hanover boys, it was, who captured the Region 4B team title. And the Monacan girls racked up 488 points, and they win in their first season of VHSL qualification. They win the Region 4B girls team title and should be a force at the states. Uh, Now, the Class 3 and Class 4 state swimming championships are at Swim RBA this weekend. Class 5 and Class 6, they take place up at George Mason University in Fairfax. And we um, wish uh, good luck, a special good luck to all the Chesterfield County swimmers getting to experience their first VHSL state tournaments. Uh, That's fantastic. Man, the Henrico schools have come on so strong uh, in Region 5B. Great performances there for them. Uh, at the regional and sending a slew of of swimmers up north this weekend. And a longtime hotbed of swimming, Hanover County Schools as well, sending uh, some swimmers up from Lee Davis and Atlee to Fairfax. And Hanover, they get to be in the States right there at Swim RBA on Saturday evening, and our plan is to be there uh, for the Class 4 finals on uh, Saturday night. Gymnastics also has their states coming up, and so best of luck to all of the gymnasts who will be heading for the most part, uh, down to the beach in Class 5 and Class 6 as they wrap up their season. Track is usually a week behind. I believe track tournament state championships are going to be the following weekend, 23 and 24 of February. So lots going on, and a week from tomorrow as we record this is the start of spring sports season. Tryouts begin February 19th. Baseball, softball, soccer, lacrosse, tennis, Usually outdoor track waits because they're wrapping up indoor track and then they take a quick break and then they'll regroup uh, into February the 1st of March. So lots of tryouts coming out, not this week, but next week. Hopefully we'll have some good weather for that. So looking forward to getting back outdoors for baseball season, softball season, etc. All right, let's turn the page and talk a little bit of college hoops. What a wild sequence that happened almost simultaneously on Saturday evening as we were sitting live at Lee Davis at Region 5B Wrestling. Boom, on Twitter. They're going overtime in Charlottesville. Not a minute and a half later, boom, on Twitter. They're going overtime at Siegel Center. And VCU survives the threat from Dayton, but UVA does not. Now, the University of Virginia has not been uh, ranked number one in the AP Top 25 polls since December 21st, 1982. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast who are more of my generation, you may or may not remember why they lost that number one ranking over Christmas week of 1982. I'll give you a minute to think about it. Ralph Sampson's senior year, what happened over Christmas break while all of us were basically sleeping one night? You remember? Yeah, we woke up to the news that Virginia had lost to Chaminade University of Hawaii at Chaminade's Christmas Classic. And I can tell you this for a fact. On December the 23rd or whatever day it was in 1982 when we woke up and found out that Virginia had lost to Chaminade, the first answer that came out of our mouth was, what? And then the second thing that came out of our mouth was, who's Chaminade? Nobody, literally nobody, had heard of Chaminade University. And uh, they beat Ralph Sampson and Virginia. And they dropped to number four in the next poll, and they never got back to number one. And you'll recall, uh, in that final season, 
Samson and UVA advanced to the ACC tournament final where they lost to the cardiac pack of NC State who had to win just to get into the NCAA tournament that year. Uh, wasn't as wide open back then as, as, as it is now. Um, and then, of course, they met again in the West Region final a couple of weeks later uh, for a right to go to the Final Four, and NC State beat them again out in Ogden, Utah. And the Wolfpack continued their Cinderella run to the national title. And uh, for UVA fans, it was a very unsatisfying end to four years of, of the Ralph Sampson era. And when Ralph came and made his announcement at Harrisonburg High School late 1979 that he was on his way to UVA, you know, there were people saying they're going to win multiple national titles. They made the Final Four in 1981, his sophomore year, but they lost in the national semis to North Carolina. Ironic that how they, some of their biggest struggles came in tournament play against ACC teams, and on two occasions it happened not in the ACC tournament, but the NCAA uh, championship tournament. In 82, their junior year of Sampson, um, they lost in the in the stall game with North Carolina and Michael Jordan and Sam Perkins and James Worthy. They ended up winning the title that year over Georgetown. Um, Virginia lost that game 47-45. to 45. That game kind of put the nail in the coffin of slow down four corners basketball and issued in the shot clock era, along with the three-point experiment back the next year in the ACC. And, uh, and then ironically, the year after Samson left, Virginia made it to the Final Four with Olden Polonese as their center. They lost in the national semifinals, but just kind of strange how things work sometimes in the world of college basketball. They got to one Final Four with Sampson. They won the NIT as freshman year in 1980. Uh, beat Minnesota. Remember watching that game that night? Minnesota had a young man on their team by the name of Kevin McHale, who would end up doing some pretty impressive things uh, with the Boston Celtics. So Virginia will not be ranked number one for the first time in 35 years thanks to that loss to Virginia Tech. I suspect Michigan State will jump to number one uh, with them beating number three Purdue, Villanova losing, Virginia losing. You're probably looking at the Spartans going to one. Uh, Villanova, boy, I don't know. You know, what? what's worse, losing to St. John's or Virginia Tech losing to Virginia at uh, Virginia losing to Virginia Tech at home? I think if that game had been played at Blacksburg, Maybe it would have been weighted a little differently. It's going to, this is going to be a really interesting to see the new tw- top 25 poll. Usually I don't have much interest in the top 25 poll. It's, it, it's not as relevant now as it was when I was a kid back in the days when you had 48 teams in the tournament and then 52 teams in the tournament. They didn't go to 64 until 1985, which was my senior year of high school. So back in the late 70s, early 80s, that, top, that AP top 25 poll, it might have still been top 20 at that time, uh, was really, really important. We, we, we were really big on that back then. It doesn't carry the credence now than it used to. And poor ATVP top 25 football poll. I mean, after the end of October, it's irrelevant because they start bringing out the playoff rankings, and that's all anybody talks about. So, all right. So, Virginia, wow, rough. VCU, good win. For those of you who are worried about VCU, don't be. I had somebody ask me about it over the weekend, and I'm like, if you go back and you would look at a list of all of the, of the student-athletes who had committed to VCU who would be there right now if Shaka Smart were still head coach. And, you know, you think of some like, you know, Tevin Mack, for example. He went to Texas with Shaka, and now he's not there anymore. You know, would he have been at VCU for any length of time? But if you go back and look at all the changes and all the losses that they had in terms of people dropping out, Kenny Williams left, went to UNC, et cetera, et cetera, and then you see the group that's there now, uh, I am a big believer in Mike Rhodes. 
He did a phenomenal job at Randolph-Macon in his 11 seasons there. Um, and, and I think he's going to be just fine with VCU. So VCU fans, you're fine. You're just fine. And Richmond fans, holy cow. Who would have thought when you were 2-10 and 10 that you would sweep VCU and you'd put up 88 points at St. Bonaventure without Buck, without DeMonte Buckingham? And best wishes to our buddy. Man, we've watched him since his sophomore year in high school, and it was painful to watch him in such agony there on the floor at the Robin Center on Wednesday night. And he ended up being hospitalized overnight to get IVs pumped in for observation to make sure that he was okay, went back and didn't play Saturday. Should see him again soon, but, um, man, talk about leaving it all on the court. He most certainly did uh, in that win on Wednesday evening. And my buddy Mark Davis, man, he did a lot. I don't know if you saw NBC 12 News at 11. I did. Mark was doing a live shot just as they were clearing the floor after the celebration. One of the perils of live television. And I give Mark two thumbs up for his heroic effort to try to stay calm, get the highlight package on the air, listen in his IFB pack, uh, to the to the producers back at the station, and all while that all that craziness was going on, that's not easy to do. Uh, Randolph Macon, of course, we cover them on a regular basis. Huge win for the men Saturday at home on Senior Day for Daniel Noe, the lone senior on the team uh, that suits up. Their manager is also a senior, and he was honored uh, on Saturday as he should be. Sixty three fifty nine, they get the win against Emory and Henry. Emory and Henry was ten and zero. In the ODAC, they're now 10-4. and four. They've lost four in a row, which has allowed Randolph-Macon to get back into the, the, the thick of things. They're at 11-3, and three, all alone in first. So now they got two road games this week. they got to go to Farmville and take on Hamden-Sydney on Wednesday night. Talk about a trap game. They beat Hamden-Sydney in Ashland 81-50 last month. You know the Tigers would love nothing better than to satisfy the palate with knocking off their arch rivals and costing them first place in the ODAC. And so they got to get through that storm on Wednesday. Then they got to go to Washington and Lee on Saturday. And if they can win those two games, they win the ODAC outright. They're the number one seed in the tournament in two weeks. The women did not fare as well down in Greensboro on Saturday, losing to Guilford, allowing 98 points. Guilford just shot lights out. And Randolph-Macon, the biggest problem on on Saturday was foul trouble for Charlotte Woods. She was uh, in foul trouble early and was not able to become that one-two, that two-punch that they've enjoyed this season when Charlotte's racking up a double-double with Kelly Williams, Randolph-Macon is very hard to to to, to defeat. Um, you know they've they've gotten ten ODAC wins for a reason, and that's one of the main ones. Now Kelly poured in forty-five points, her career high, but uh, it just was not enough. So Randolph-Macon now their focus in the last two games of the season. They have Senior Night Tuesday night, honoring Teal Reynolds, the lone senior on their team, against a Lynchburg team that's going to be coming in really been on revenge because that was where Coach Carol LaHaye won her 600th game back on January 20th. And Lynchburg is a team that feels like they can win the ODAC championship, and so they're going to want nothing more than to come back to Ashland and return the favor, and they get a road win. Randolph-Macon needs to get a win there and then get a win at Roanoke on Saturday so they can make sure they're in that top four. In the ODAC, the top four seeds get a bye straight to the quarterfinals at the Salem Civic Center, both, both for the men and the women. If you end up the five seed, you've got to host a game on campus early in the week and play your way in to the action at Salem. And so you want to avoid that extra game. You want to have all that time off to, to you know, focus, regroup, rest, practice, and get ready 
uh, for the tournament stretch. Three games to win the championship down in Salem, but if you finish in fifth place or lower, you got to win four in that week to hoist the trophy. Uh, Virginia Union, Virginia State, keeping our eyes on them, both men and women. Great Division II seasons continuing here uh, in the RVA. And Atlantic 10 women's basketball, a big win for VCU today. On uh, Taya Robinson's birthday, she gets career high in points, and in overtime they knock off St. Bonaventure, and now they're in a three-way tie for 10th in the Atlantic 10 at 3-9. and And suddenly a season that seemed lost a few weeks ago you know, there's a big difference between being the 10 seed and being the 13 seed or the, the, the tw- even the 12 seed. You could get a more favorable first-round game. You're still going to have to go on the road. But um, I like these to use chances against, even though they're a good team, and they proved it this week by beating Duquesne, I, I, like, a, I like a trip to Philly against St. Joseph's instead of a trip to Pittsburgh to take on Duquesne or a trip to New York to take on Fordham. Um, when it comes to uh, the first round, or even a trip to GW at the Smith Center to take on uh, the Colonials. George Washington, even though Dayton beat them there today at home, George Washington's tough to beat at home. Ask George Mason. They could not do it, and others have not been able to do it as well. And don't forget, Atlantic 10 Women's Championship back here in Richmond at the Coliseum, March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, and we'll have tip to trophy coverage of the tournament. We'll be there quarterfinal Friday, semifinal Saturday, and championship Sunday with live coverage on Twitter, on the RBA Sportsnet. Uh, really looking forward to spending the weekend again with Atlantic 10 women's basketball. Dayton with the win today, still unbeaten in the conference with just, what, two weeks left in the regular season. Senior night for Richmond, I believe, is a week from Wednesday the 21st. I'll have to double-check that uh, and make sure. All right, fans, I believe that has taken care of everything on our agenda. Uh, again, game of the week. Got our first one for the spring. Friday night, March 16th, 7 o'clock. Baseball, James River at Hanover. Should be a phenomenal early season game. Really looking forward to that. And uh, we have a softball game cooking for that first week of the season. And once we are able to make that official, we'll post it online on our game of the week broadcast schedule at RBA Sports Network.com. This week, Monday night, we're at Deep Run for Basketball. Tuesday night, we'll be at Randolph-Macon for senior night for the women. Key game for them to make sure they get a bye in the ODAC tournament to the quarterfinals. Wednesday night up in the air right now. Thursday morning, we'll be down at the Siegel Center. George Mason coming down to take on VCU on Education Day in Atlantic 10 women's action. And then, of course, RBA Sports Network's social media coverage of the 2018 Region High School Basketball Tournaments begin on Friday. And we will be somewhere in Region 5B at a girls-boys quarterfinal doubleheader coming up on Friday. As soon as we know where we'll be, we'll let you know. And again, Region Tournament Central at rbasportsnetwork.com. Bookmark that page. Be with us the rest of the month for everything you need to know. Ah, I've run out of time, and i got to make my disclaimer. So let the music roll here. And that disclaimer is we thank you for joining us on Central Region Now, an exclusive podcast presentation of the RVA Sports Network, solely intended for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any rebroadcast or other use of the podcast without the express written consent of HCS Media LLC is strictly prohibited. Harry, is that everything that we have to say? All right, my, my, my buddy, my Shih Tzu Harry at 14 years old just got up off the floor and headed to the door. 
So I think that's uh, his cue to tell me it's time for me to go. So, folks, have a wonderful week. Rob Witham saying thanks for being with us here on Central Region Now. We will see you courtside all week long as basketball and the postseason begins, and we'll also see you next Saturday night at SWIM RVA.